So I, I just want to say thank you to the entire YIMBY movement uh, because I've been around long enough to have been here before the YIMBY situation occurred. <laughs> Back when at City Hall, we would have hearings on housing and there would be 300 people show up against it and then two show up in favor. Uh, and what, what the YIMBY movement, this entire community has done, it, it has tapped into something very, very real that was always there, but that wasn't present in the debate about housing. Uh, we went through all these years making it hard, decades, making it harder and harder and harder to build housing, finding every excuse in the universe for why housing didn't make sense. And by doing that, we screwed an entire generation and said, you're not welcome here. You can go somewhere else. There's no housing for you. And what happened was, and it's not just young people in the Yimby movement, this is an age-diverse movement, of course, but led by many young people rising up and saying, wait, what about our future? Where is our place in this community? And that has been so incredibly powerful. And it has completely and utterly changed the debate about housing in San Francisco and now in all of California. And the public opinion is with us, right? People who are mad and angry and oppositional are often going to be the most motivated to show up at town halls and at city hall and yelling and screaming and sending emails. But we know where the people of California are. And the people of California want more housing. And the people of California know that it's a moral failure that people are living in their cars and getting up every day and going to work. And the people of California know that it's a moral failure that one in 20 school children in California is homeless. That it's a moral failure when young families feel like, I had my second kid, so I have to leave, and I'm gonna go move to Denver now. People get it that this is a problem and that we have to build a lot more housing. And so sometimes it takes a while to trickle up or trickle down to the politicians. We're, you know, it's the people that lead, but it is working. And more and more members of the legislature, more and more city council members, more and more mayors are willing to stand up and say the status quo isn't working, it's broken, we need to do things differently, we make, need to make it a hell of a lot easier to build every conceivable form of housing, every kind of housing, and we are moving in that direction. And you look in San Francisco, the last three big citywide, hard-fought, like, like skin-of-our-teeth kind of elections, the pro-housing candidate won three times in a row. You look at the East Bay and someone like Nancy Skinner or Buffy Wicks. And when Buffy was running, we would do the therapy thing. I'm like, they said it about me too, don't worry. But you look just around the state and all, more and more pro-housing elected officials, and I know we're gonna win. That tells me that we are going to win. 
And we had some great wins this year around ADUs, around missing middle housing, around all sorts of great housing proposals. And these two individuals to my left played a critical role in making that happen. And we're going to take this momentum and move into next year. We're going to get SB 50 passed. We are going to. And then we're going to continue to go on from there. So I, you know, so I have now had the honor of introducing uh, my uh, amazing Senate colleague across the bay. You know, people sometimes say, Scott, you are so fierce about housing. I'm like, well, you haven't met Nancy Skinner yet. <laughs> and I, I learned how to do the street fighting thing in San Francisco politics. But then when I got to the legislature, Nancy actually taught me how to legislate and actually how to move an agenda forward. And she has been an incredible mentor to me. Uh, and every time I'm like, oh shit, I have no idea what to do now. <laughs> I pick up the phone and I call Nancy and she tells me how to solve the problem. And 99 times out of 100, she's right. So Nancy, uh, first of all, cheers to Yimby. <laughs> cheers. Cheers to a bright housing future that I know we're going to have. And now please join me in welcoming to San Francisco the amazing Senator Nancy Skinner. Scott, thank you for being so brave to carry bills that <laughs> have caused my bills to be called the evil twin sister <laughs> of his. <laughs> Anyway, Scott is, as you know, for all of us, breaking new ground. And while we and he have not been able to get that primary one we want over the finish line yet, as he said, and as you know, we will. So Scott, thank you. But I want to thank all of you for creating the movement that is giving us the possibility now of treating housing, the housing shortage, as the crisis that it is. Yeah. It is a crisis. And we're not yet, me, meaning the state is not yet really embraced this issue in its true crisis form. But your loud and proud and courageous and brave, calling it out and organizing and being on the front lines is giving us the possibility to do so. So yes, absolutely. You know, I was very glad yesterday to be in LA and to stand with Governor Newsom and a number of other colleagues to have the production part of the three Ps, those bills get signed. And I called my bill the Housing Crisis Act. Now, though I'm very glad he signed it, but it's a shadow of its former self. And I even said it in committee. It is a shadow of its former self. It's still as good as it is and as important as it is, and it green lights 2.8 million units that are written in everybody's housing element or all their zoning plans but aren't getting approved. It green lights those. It stops the cities from down zoning. It stops a lot of things. But it doesn't do half the things I wanted. It doesn't get rid of the ridiculous requirements for parking which add to the cost of housing. 
And it didn't put a cap on the damn fees which are so interfering with housing. And it allowed for five damn public hearings when you never need more than two. So, you know, we still have a lot more to do. Um, and we're gonna do it, but I was glad it got passed, but what I'm really happy about, I'm only a co-author, but I wrote it, is Mr. Ting's bill, me and a few others, that little sneaky ADU bill, that little sneaky ADU bill that's even gonna make Menlo Park and Cupertino and Saratoga and whoever else, their single family homeowners are gonna get to have three ADUs on their property. And one of them can be 800 square feet. I live in a 900 square foot house, so you know. Anyway, so we're really happy about that. Um, and uh, you're all fantastic. This is not, as you all know, going to be easy. Because like Laura Friedman pointed out when we were going to the signing yesterday, she's like, Skinner, look at those signs. See those signs? See those signs? I'm like, they were all no on SB 330. They were all bad signs around 50 and 330. And they were all around the neighborhood we were going to for the bill sighting. I'm like, oh well. Anyway, um, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we will keep up the fight. And now, my wonderful colleague, Assemblymember Buffy Wicks, who, while she wasn't labeled by the uh, mayor of Berkeley as the person who declared war on Berkeley's neighborhoods, I'm sure he thinks that, but we're, we're, we're bringing him around, we're bringing him around. Anyway, but she was courageous enough to run in that area and to be clear that she supports housing bills like SB 50. And she was, if you, if you saw or attended, any of those candidate nights where all the rest of the candidates are all like, oh, that's terrible, or oh, that's gonna destroy the character of our neighborhoods. <laughs> of course, we're all excluded from living in them, but whatever. Um, you know, and on and on, and she held her ground, and then guess who won? Buffy! <laughs> Assemblymember Wick. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. How you guys doing? I will keep my remarks short because the mayor just walked in. So I just, I just wanted to say thank you to all of you because in many ways, I'm a product of you guys. One of my first meetings I ever had was with the East Bay for Everyone before they were even called East Bay for Everyone, folks. And I said, this is a big issue. I want to run on this issue. I don't want to run away from it. I want to run towards the light, not away from the light. And I supported SB 827. And I, I think I was the only person in the race. And I, I get asked that. I said, yeah, I support 827. Let's build more homes. You know, I was sitting there in Rockridge being like, yeah, transit-oriented housing right here. Let's do it. And the reason why I also felt very comfortable doing that is because I know that I had hundreds and thousands of people all over the state and all over this community and in the East Bay who believed the same thing. And that our voice just needed to be lifted up. We needed to be at those city council meetings. We needed to be giving that message that we need to build housing at all levels across the state. We need to build transit-oriented housing. We have to protect our tenants. We have to pass public policy that does that. And so as a freshman, I got to work with these lovely humans, and David Chu, also, who's very kick-ass, and Rob Bonta. 
And I learned a lot. I, I figured out where the bathrooms were, so I know that where that's, that's at in Sacramento. But I also got to work on um, a bunch of great bills. I worked on uh, 1482, the rent cap bill that we just got signed into law. And we passed um, uh, 1485, which is a missing middle streamlining bill. We worked very closely with Scott on that. And the rental registry died this year, but we are bringing it back next year. Go rental registry. Um, I also did not get on the housing committee, but I've asked again to be on the housing committee. So you should feel free to tweet at Anthony Rendon and just let him know that I should be on the housing committee alongside David Chu. Um, and I just want to say thank you because you guys showed up for me. I had, we knocked on 115,059 doors on my race and it was a housing message that, that won that race. And I'm committed to this issue. I'm committed to you all. I feel very strongly about that. And it's not just the activists that care about this. I did 249 house parties on my campaign and at every house party, young and old people said, we do need more housing. And that's the voice of reason. That is the voice of reason. So we're going to keep doing that. We have more work to do. And am I, yes, and now I am so excited for what you guys, you guys have all been just looking over my shoulder like when is she gonna shut up? <laughs> so excited to introduce San Francisco's mayor, London Breed. Thank you. Um, first of all, I am so grateful to our state representatives because they are courageous in the face of what I know are so many challenges. It is amazing, and so thank you so much for being champions for not only San Francisco, but the entire state. And Buffy, we were in a very similar situation because when I ran for mayor, I was the only one who supported SB 827. And let me tell you, I got beat down in some places, and in fact, I was on the west side. And I remember the conversation that I had with a large group of West Side folks. I said, well, okay. They were upset that I supported SB 827. I said, well, how many of you have been here 30, 40, 50 years? Almost all the hands went up. How many of you raised your kids here? Almost all the hands went up. How many of your kids still live here? Hardly any hands went up. Do you understand that we have a, a housing crisis? And the fact is, it can't be, well, I have mine and forget everyone else. The fact is, we have to build for the future of our state and our country. I mean, the fact is, so many of the people that I grew up with in San Francisco don't live here anymore because they can't afford to live here. So many people who are looking for an opportunity to be in the city that they love, people who are looking for you know, this, the, the incredible opportunity to be able to raise a family in a place like San Francisco or in the Bay Area are struggling to hold on to their housing. And, and we just have to do more by any means necessary. And in San Francisco, we have been doing more. I'm really proud of this organization because let me tell you, number one, I don't know if we would have been able to get someone like me who supported 827 elected as mayor, but you all supported me and you helped me through this campaign. But, but you just didn't walk away after I was elected. You were out there helping me to get important policies passed despite a lot of the challenges. Since I've been in office with this $600 billion housing bond, 
where we are not raising property taxes, but raising money for low-income and middle-income residents for affordable housing. With this investment, along with our recent investments, since I've been mayor, it looks like we're going to be basically making over a billion dollars in housing investments in San Francisco. It's significant. But it's clearly not just money. We have to be able to build it. And 86 units on Mission Street of family housing, 100% affordable family housing, shouldn't take 10 years to build from the time that you identify the property. And you know, you all remember what happened when I tried to get my by right charter amendment passed through the Board of Supervisors. It was ugly and it didn't pass. And so let me tell you, do it again, we gotta take, it, take our case to the voters. We gotta take our case to the voters. And part of the message, it's not that we want everyone to believe what we believe, we want them to understand what this means for the future of our city and why it's so critical to make sure that we get rid of the bureaucracy that has delayed housing production for decades in this city and in the Bay Area. I mean, small example, but powerful, accessory dwelling units. Senator Weiner, when you were on the Board of Supervisors, remember the legislation you passed? Like, what was that, 2012? And it would take 18 months to get accessory dwelling unit permits uh, approved for one unit, right? One unit that someone just wanted to add in their homes that was actually affordable and in most cases under rent control, right? Took forever, and so people weren't doing it. And when I got into office, I'm like, clear the 900 unit backlog, get it done, and get it done now, and that's what they did. We are now issuing permits within four months, and we went through, I think we permitted our thousandth ADU. And we're going even further. We got legislation passed to waive the fees so that we can encourage more people to construct these ADUs in their homes. It's time that we get creative. It's time that we get rid of the barriers. It's time that we create more opportunities for funding. And it's time that we do it in a courageous way so that we can get it done for the future, for us now and for future generations to come. And I know Yimby is gonna be right there with me every step of the way. It involves the policies, it involves the candidates who support this, it involves the work and you all do the work. If this organization didn't exist in San Francisco, I don't know what we would be able to even get done. And so I wanted to come tonight to express my support and appreciation for all the work that you have done and will continue to do because I am not going to continue to be mayor without having the kinds of results that's going to produce more housing so that we can have an affordable, livable city for everybody. That's where we need to get to. So thank you all for your support and your work. Tonight, we party, we celebrate, and tomorrow, get y'all asses on the campaign trail. I need to elect Valley Brown as supervisor.
I need to elect Susie Loftus as our DA. I need to get Prop A passed by two thirds. So let's get busy. Thank you.